Hello, everybody. We are back still. Um, it's been a couple of weeks because we kind of kept forgetting to do stuff, and then we had like curry and beer night and uh, hangovers and other shit going on. But we're back for another one, and it seems like this isn't going to end anytime soon because it looks like we're getting more restrictions in place, so we're not going to be sitting in a room together for a while. So we're back to talk more wrestling. Yeah, they say we have been busy, and you know, like you just explained, things going on in the world that isn't exactly great. But uh, yeah, also again, I think the last one we did was was payback, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So yeah, we had a couple of pay per views, so kind of a little break in between. And again, if we haven't got the questions, there's no point in doing it. So. Yeah. I've struggled a little bit again this week, but I've got a few. Yeah, I've got some. Um, before we begin, obviously, everybody knows, like, subscribe, find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Music, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you'll know where we are. Listen wherever you feel like it, and I suppose we'll kick in. I suppose, Josh, let you go first, mate. Yeah, okie dokie. Um, I take it... Um, We've all kind of been keeping up to date with what's been going on. Yeah, the only thing I haven't watched is Raw... Uh, th- this week's rule. That's the only thing I've watched. Yeah, I just... Uh, it, it's not like... Uh, I don't want to say I'm interested, but I don't want to say I'm not interested kind of thing. It's one of them where I've just... It, it's the, the lack of crowd has kind of depleted it for me fully now. Right. So I, I do keep in touch with the results, but I, either way. Um, so you must have seen that Alexa Bliss has started using Sister Abigail. Yes. Right. Um, obviously... Uh, Bray uses the mandible claw um, Kevin uses the stunner these are all finishes from other people like Mankind Stone Cold um, how, how do you feel about them either adopting finishes or, uh, or sometimes even stealing them and do you think it's just a lack of creation on their part to not come up with their own finisher Um. No, I don't mind it because I think most of the time everybody has their own finisher anyway. They just decide to add something else into their arsenal. I mean, Owens had the pop-up power bomb. Uh, Alexa had Twisted Bliss, and so they had their own moves. I just they just started started using other people's, and I'm I'm all for it because I love it when I see some uh, a wrestler doing someone else's move. I can't get enough of that. Like it, it really like when it was Rock and Austin when they were stealing each other's moves in Mania. I was just like, it was amazing. It's so much fun. And when Owen started using the stunner again, honestly, I was I was all over it. Because he used it a couple of times, it was rare. And I was like, oh, how great would it be if he actually started using it as his finisher? And now he does, and I'm so happy that he does, because he, he delivers it amazingly. Um, I also quite like that Bliss is using it, because it furthers the story of her having this kind of trance thing with the Fiend and slowly kind of getting involved with him. I'm enjoying that story, so... It's part of that story because it's kind of like, oh, well, that's that's the Fiend's move. So she's clearly tranced by him and blah, blah, blah. And I, I quite like that. Um, yeah, when other people and everything use it, again, like I said, I I don't think it's necessarily a bad creative choice because the other people have their own moves. I think this is a way for people to go, oh, my God, that person used that move. You know what I mean? It's, it, I think yeah. it's quite a fun little bit of extra flavour that people chuck into a match. And when they're stealing each other's moves, like I think when there's a rock scene no, it was Cena Orton a few years yeah. back. They were they nicked each other's RKOs and AAs, and I was like, "This is brilliant!" I never, I don't think I've ever seen Cena do an RKO, but I was like, I was all over it. So yeah, I enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. I think uh, yeah, the, the match when it happens within a match itself, when you actually steal the opponent's finisher, when it's done right at the right time, it's it's fantastic. 
it just makes you go, oh my god, that's awesome. But um, I'm, you know, with the examples I throw out, I'm fine with Alexa using Sister Abigail because it's working with the story. And Mandible Claw, for Bray's part, works with his character. Yeah, definitely. And the thing Mandible Claw and the Stunner have in common, um, these finishes that are now being used, um, it's not as... I'm pretty sure they would have asked Mick Foley and Austin's permission first. Um, But it's not as insulting or as worrying to diminish their character because their characters have been retired for many, many years now. Yeah. The problem I've got, not a problem, but just the thought process. You know, whenever I see footage of uh, Austin hitting the stunner, every time he hit it, the place would just pop, just absolutely go insane. Now, I don't know if it was a different era, and I don't know if it was more to do with the character, but I know it's hard to say in this era where we've got no fans at the minute, but when Kevin was hitting it, when fans were there, it just didn't have that same feel of like, well, there's the stunner, wow, it's got to be over. It did, and I don't know if it's because it's a move we've already seen. Or, I, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it. It just seems maybe uh, sometimes some fans see it as a bit of a cheap move of like, oh, why don't you use your own Arsenal? I, um, I think that could just be the, the, the times we're in in the case of, not with the no crowds, I mean over the last few years where... We just don't have the same kind of popping investment that we used to do. We're, you know, I mean, I think maybe the, the reason they pop for the stunner in the past is because it's not necessarily the stunner; it's the person pulling the move, and it's it's Austin. KO's yeah. awesome, and we all enjoy KO, but we're fully aware that he's using someone else's move, and I enjoy it. But yeah, they're not going to yeah. pop for it the same way. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, with it, uh, the originator of the move. It's always going to get the biggest pop if they count his own correctly. Like whenever uh, Daniel Bryan hit that running knee, place would go mental and stuff. Um, so and some, if you really look at finishes, sometimes some of them are, are ridiculous. It's just the flamboyance and the way you present it. Yeah, the people's elbow is the stupid. worst finisher ever. Yeah, it's stupid. It's the same thing with the five knuckle shuffle. It's stupid, but it gets yeah. people. People get it over because it's pomp and circumstance. Yeah, literally, obviously, The Rocks, if you put it on paper, you try to explain the people's elbow to a non-fan, like, what's he do? Uh, Spinebuster, you hit the ropes twice, and then drop an elbow drop. That sounds shit. But you watch it, the fans are losing their shit just with that ridiculous move. And then there's also moves like uh, the Tombstone and Sweetie Music, where in... uh, yeah, you see some finishes and you go, okay, it's wrestling, but in a proper fight, as if that's going to take you down. With finishes like that, you get dropped on your head or kicked under the chin in that kind of way, you will go down. Yeah. So, it, it, finishes are weird. You know, it, it, some you go like, yeah, they're going to go down with. Some, not so much, but the way they're presented, well, you, you'll just pop anyway. Yeah. And like I say, it is to do with the characters. Um... It's funny you bring up the Orton Cena thing, because like, that came back into my head of when they stole the RKO and the AA. And I remember looking at it thinking, it was fun to see, but God, Cena couldn't exactly hit the RKO like No, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying Orton. that... Yeah, he couldn't hit it as well as Orton, of course he couldn't, but it was still fun. Yeah. Do, do you think they did it as a, like, I'm going to kind of make it look a little 
uh, lukewarm compared to the, the the perfection the originator does. So it's like, oh yeah, Cena could hit a, an okay RKO, but Orton always nails it because he's the master of it. I mean, the they could have. Yeah, yeah, could have. I might be wrong. They might have just shit, been shit at that move. But if I'm right, it's a fantastic way of protecting the character, even though you're still stealing their move. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm. Some finishers I look at and go, depending on the character, depending on the finisher and who they steal it off, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm fine with that. But others, it's kind of like, all right, why don't you, you know, get your own move? Because I don't want it to diminish the move itself. Like we spoke about. Yeah, it depends on how. On yeah, it depends on how it's used and how it's protected. Yeah, Jake the Snake used to have the DDTs finisher, and Piper used to have the sleeper holders finisher. Now every Dick Tom and Harry uses it. Yeah, true. So it's, it's not as impactful. So, yeah, I'm fine with finisher stealings in matches, but, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's dependent on the person and the, and the move. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Your turn. Right, my first question is, do you think that WWE ruined Keith Lee's main roster debut? Hmm... I'm not going to say ruined. It's it could have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah. if, if, I, I I it's I know this has kind of become the catchphrase, but it's Vince. Yeah, it, it's been because it's that thing of he just seems to not be able to accept an NXT call up for exactly what they were in NXT. Yeah, he has to get his own feelers on it, like he needs to. Already like piss on his new toy. Like, yeah, it's like, now. Yeah, yeah, it's like he needs to bring him down a peg or two. You're in the big leagues now, and you're going to get kicked in the bollocks for it. Yeah, yeah. It's. it's I'm trying to think of like a a, a just a, a basic example of like. Uh, I don't know if I I lent you. And this is going to be such a shit example. It's only one that I could think to my head. I lent you a double DVD box set of something. I don't know. It's like yeah, there's. Um, Pitch Black and the Chronicles of Riddick. I want you to watch Pitch Black, and you purposely watch the Chronicles of Riddick instead. It's like, what, what, what are you doing? It, it's the same with that. Triple H has gone. Here's Keith Lee. He's over as fuck. He's perfect. And Vince is going to. Yeah, but I want to do this with him because he's mine now. It's yeah. petty. It is petty. It, it, it's so. I don't know. Maybe it might not be petty. It might just be how senile his old head is. Of like, no, I think this is better. But as far as his ruined debut, I mean, he's, to recent memory, he's one of the few that have kind of got, got called right up and pretty much straight away in the main event picture. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they've done a terrible job with him. I, I, I said the whole thing with him beating Orton at payback was definitely a good move, and they have kept him strong, absolutely. They haven't weakened him. It was just the initial call-up. That was just kind yeah. of weird with the gear and the music change, and then he 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 didn't he didn't win a match clean the first time, did he? he got this, like a disqualification or some shit like that, I think. But yeah. it was the initialness. I was like, oh god, here we go again. But as it, from then, it's not been too bad. It's been better than most of other ones because most of the other ones is like the the debut is like, oh my god, they're here, and then within three weeks, you're like, what the fuck's going on? It's it's. Uh... A cause for concern because of who Vince is, but also a cause for uh, hope more than anything else. Because since the Royal Rumble, and I think the Survivor Series before, 
Uh, Vince has been very high on Keith Lee. Yeah. He, he, he really liked him, as are the fans. And this is a rarity nowadays for both Vince and the fans to, to go towards the same guy and go, yeah, him. Um, so on one side, it's like, this is great. Vince wants what we want. So maybe we'll finally get what we want. But with Vince's track record re- in recent years, it's kind of like, oh, he might fuck it up. Or change yeah, his mind. Sorry? Or change his mind. Yeah, or change your mind. Uh, Keith Lee might do something that, uh, maybe something small that the fans might go, oh, that's a bit shit. And Vince would go, no, you blew it. Or worse, Keith would do something that the fans love, but Vince won't like it. And it would just fuck it. But like, uh, recently on, I haven't seen it, but on SmackDown, Apparently, Grand Metalik and Cesaro had a fantastic match. Um, it, yeah, it I mean, I wouldn't say it was fantastic, but it it was good. It was a good, solid match. Um, yeah, yeah, Vince hated it. But apparently, yeah, apparently the fans weren't they weren't going. This is a bit crap or anything. They were thoroughly enjoying it. Probably not match of the year candidate, but, but it was good. So this is good. And Vince hated it, and apparently tried to either did or tried to call the match short. I think one of the rumors was he wanted it to end during the commercial break. Yeah, that was one and of like, the rumors. Yeah, look, I don't care how shit a match is. I don't think you can ever do that. No. It, it's, it's just, to me, it's one of those no-no things of, like, regardless of how shit it is, it's just the, the most ultimate spit in the face to the performers that go out there. Um, so, I don't know, that, to me, was just further proof of Vince's downward spiral. But... And regardless of how they want to dress him and mu- the music thing, I think was a legal issue. To be honest, yeah. I know. But regardless of that, as long as they keep Keith strong and in like uh, a relevant spotlight on Raw, I'm happy. My only concern is I don't want them to throw the WWE Championship on him too soon. No, it's t- yeah. Don't do that. That's that's far too soon to be doing anything like that. Because otherwise, like, where do you go from there then? Yeah, exactly. It's. Uh, everyone loves like uh, a fairy tale kind of story. Yeah, and Keith Lee. Yeah, yeah, and Keith Lee's that character where you can tell a perfect fa- fairy tale story. So don't fuck yeah. it up. Don't get me wrong. Like, like Kofi and Drew's stories were very long winded. Like uh, uh, obviously Kofi's was eleven years. Drew's probably weren't short of that. Um. And it's like, okay, that was maybe as great as it was to see them finally get to the top of the mountain. It was a bit too long. Mm. So I'm not saying let's sit on Keith Lee for a decade and then give him the championship. Just let's not do it in the first 12 months. Yeah, definitely. You know, he he, he cemented his place in NXT over two years. Pretty much just do the same layout in the WWE world. Just two years of solid stories, maybe a mid-card title or two. And then if he's still white hot, that's when you look at, like, oh, let's put the championship on him. Yeah. yeah. They, they need to, yeah, longevity. We yeah. always say it, longevity. So time yeah. will tell, basically. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. Fingers crossed. Mm. Uh, me again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've, we've spoke briefly in the past about, uh, you know, how it used to be in the day with territories and stuff. And... Um, NXT UK has finally uh, come back to the surface. It's um, yeah, t- it's doing it with no fans at all. I think just how it was originally, just two guys in the ring, maybe a cameraman and a few little noises here and there, and it's okay. 
But it made me think of, um, yeah, we discussed that the territories would not have worked back in the day when cable TV came in. Because someone, if it weren't Vince, was going to make it a worldwide brand. Yeah. Um, but do you think WWE should have, uh, or not just WWE, just wrestling organizations should have organizations around the world specific to their country? So it's more of a WWE versus the rest of the world, or every country is competing against each other in the wrestling industry? Um, I mean, I wouldn't be against that because they do stuff like that with football, with rugby, with cricket, and loads of other sports. They they, yeah. they do it with the Olympics every four years. I don't see why every country, if they're capable of doing so, to build their own brand and then every four years or whatever, they do a big World Wrestling World Cup and see who's the best. The only downside, yeah. the only problem with that is, is that with it being scripted and being called, you know, uh, predetermined, that's... Yeah where it gets difficult because I think there, there'll be a lot of arguments back and forth between each country of, well, who's winning this and who's winning that and everything. The reason Vince has got control of everything is because he can literally be the puppet master and decide who wins and who loses. If you've got other yeah. people and other people's brands and product and livelihoods on the line, there's going to be a lot of arguments going back and forth. Like Vince could have someone that he thinks should be the next big person that should win and go over this person that was in the UK or in Germany or whatever and, but they're going to argue the point going, well, no, we think this person is the person that should be going over this year. They're white hot. And then you get into arguments and that's the, that's the yeah. only issue. I think it, it, if they can put their egos aside, I think then, yeah, I think it could be good. I think it could be a really fun thing. Like we have a wrestling World Cup every year. That would be awesome. Mm. But without them being able to come to an agreeable decision on who goes over and who doesn't, that's where the problem lies. Yeah, I mean, you need some kind of form of a decider, so to speak. So, of, I don't know who, but I'll throw it out there. Like, say, uh, Impact seems to be getting a bit more steam again of TNA and stuff. But if, say, Impact was based down in, in Australia or something, right? You've got WWE, that pretty much rules, rules America, New Japan, and, you know, AEW, say, for this example, they were British. Someone comes at uh, along and invite all four of those uh, companies for this World Cup show. Whoever organises that, you know, whoever isn't, you know, just he doesn't control WWE, AW, nothing. He's just in charge of that show. He needs to research wrestling properly and go, right, pitch me your best wrestlers. These are the matches I want to do. I will decide who wins. Because at that point, it's kind of like, yeah, it won't be the argument. It'd just be like, look, this is my show. This is what's going to go down. Or have, you know, if the uh, wrestlers are respectable enough to each other, you can go. You're going to go against. Uh, you're going to go against him from this other company. Talk about your match and respectively, you know, talk to each other about who wins, who wants to win, who wants to lose. You might get someone going. No, I'm happy to take the pin for you. And if there's an argument, that's when you can. Maybe go to your own bosses or this guy who runs the show. Yeah, that's what I say. Yeah. If you have someone impartial that runs it, then yeah, that is a that is a better option because, like I say, he can be impartial as long as he's researched the content. Um, again, yeah. I, the the only problem is is people like Vince. Obviously, he'll just go. Ah, oh, we'll just pull out then. Like, I don't. I don't, yeah, Vince, don't, I don't never do it. Yeah, he never do it because he'd be like, no, I'll just pull out. I won't do it then because it's like it's no skin off my neck. I don't need to do it. 
the only time it would ever pop, if it ever manifested in this fantasy, it'd have to be Triple H running the company at the time. He's the only one who would, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, he, in an ideal world, who wouldn't want all their wrestlers on one card to win? That, that you know, your entire company just kicks the ass of the other three. But it's not fair. It needs yeah. to be a fair world here. Yeah. And I think Triple H is the type that, as much as he'd love WWE, NXT, and want the best for his wrestlers, he'd want the best for wrestling in general around the world. Yeah. And the respect between the companies and the wrestlers opens up the doors for so many other opportunities. Yeah. Of like partnerships or other shows and or people to jump shit. You know, it, it's just, it's a, it's a trust issue. Yeah. Um, the only other option would be, obviously... With NXT UK, there's rumours of there being NXT Mexico and all, all that stuff. If you did it well enough where they genuinely did feel like separate brands, they had nothing to do with WWE's main product, that's when every now and then when they go, all oh, right, we're going to have this amazing show where NXT UK, NXT Mexico, NXT blah, 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 are going to be facing off in this major show. And Vince then does have the right, or Triple H does have the right to uh, call the shots because at the end of the day, all of those brands belong to them. Yeah. So, it, you know, that's another possibility that, yes, you could have worldwide brands, but WWE own them all. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they just spread across the world. Um, I think Vince would find yeah. that quite agreeable. <laughs> oh, wait, Vince wants to rule the world. Everyone's <laughs> knowing that. Yeah. But I mean, there was an idea thrown back around the invasion angle, when WWE bought out WCW, there was serious talk for a while of, I don't know if it was to, I think it was to get rid of SmackDown and just have WWE Raw and instead of SmackDown, WCW Nitro. It would remain its own separate brand. Uh, and Shane was going to run it. And Shane's idea was to could be absolutely completely separate to the point of where WWE have their headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut, he pitched the idea of, like, give me my own offices in Atlanta, Georgia, and we'll do our own thing. And Vince thought it was a crazy idea, but I was like, that sounds fucking awesome, of that, yes, you're all in this together, it doesn't matter who makes the most money, because it's all going to the same place anyway, but there's genuine competition. Yeah. And you try to outdo each other. And I, it confuses me to this day of why... Vince still needs Raw to be better than SmackDown. I'm like, why do you care? Yeah. Either way, you're getting money. He's always, yeah. He can't do it. Yeah. It's just Raw's his baby and he can't stand if SmackDown becomes he, better. Yeah, he can't let it go. Even though at the moment, SmackDown's starting to become better again. Yeah. And he's, uh, I think he's trying to either change stuff or, I, I don't know, again, he's kind of spitting his dummy out about it. Yeah. And I just don't understand it. So... Yeah, in a fantasy world, I'd love it to be a worldwide... It is a worldwide phenomenon, but big enough that all these different companies can come together for like an ultimate showdown. Yeah, definitely. It would be a lot of fun if they could uh, sort things out, but, you know... Yes, yeah, yeah. fantasies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, right, um, Roman Reigns. The And I can't believe I'm going to say this. The best thing in wrestling at the moment... <laughs> And he really is. He, I'm, yeah, okay. I'm, you're covering your mic a bit. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. 
he generally is one of the best things in wrestling. I'm so intrigued about what happens to him week by week. Um, if my question is, if he was to hold the Universal Title until WrestleMania, which seems seems quite likely, I reckon, with the way they're building him up. Who do you want to face him? Who do you want? And I would assume that this person would be dethroning him. But again, that that's down to what you want to call. But if you had the choice, who would you have him face him at WrestleMania? See, I'm kind of annoyed at myself because I had a name pop into my head a while back who I think was on the SmackDown roster and now it's gone. <laughs> it's really pissing me off. Um... But I've got, I've got a short list. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it's Bray, because that was a huge uh, rumour for WrestleMania last year. So it's kind of like, why not? Uh, the one thing I don't want to see, despite the storyline being a lot better, I do not want to see Lesnar again. No. Kind of Heyman guy versus Heyman guy. No, not again. Storyline, but it's been done to death. Yeah, it's like that'll be like such a shit ending to, at the moment, a good story. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, trying, I'm struggling to remember who's on the damn SmackDown roster. Well, we're going to... Um, well, think of anybody, because they're on about having a fucking change-up soon anyway, so you can literally pick anyone if you want. Well, yeah, if anybody, because, you know, the, the, the Royal Rumble state... If you win the Royal Rumble, it states you can pick a championship of any brand. Yeah. If that's the case, Keith Lee. What, to, be, to, to beat him as well? Yeah, but um, maybe not. Because, like I said, I was about to say... I was going to say, if Keith Lee's going to WrestleMania for a big title, he's winning it. He has to. Yeah, I mean, despite what I just said about the whole don't pull the trigger too soon, uh, don't get me wrong, if Keith won and fought Roman at WrestleMania and won, I'd be bouncing off the walls. Um, But if he lost... I wouldn't exactly be disheartened. It'd be like, okay, as long as they've got a great match, it's kind of like, okay, Roman's still ruling the roost at the minute as this heel champion, but as good as Keith is, he's not his time yet. The only other one that's popped back into my head now is Big E. Yes, I thought you might say Big E because they're building him quite well at the moment and if he's going to get his singles run the the way that Kofi did, then... Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be against that. I'm quite liking the kind of more aggressive attitude of Big E at the moment because... Because uh, he's so fun and fun living with his character and like jokey around and everything, but now he's getting more aggressive. It's kind of pushing like right. He's pissed off. Don't don't piss him off because you'll you'll get you'll get the horns. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I I quite like the direction they're going with him. So yeah, there's no reason why they couldn't do that and have that work. Well, again, even if Roman still wins, because I think I've said in a previous podcast of like. Well, if Xavier screws it because he's the, the odd one out. Um, the only the storyline I'd love is that I don't know what Xavier's health is like at the minute. I don't know if he's fully healed or got a comeback on the cards or whatever. But if they saved Xavier's return to WrestleMania, so that's where he screws Big E out of the championship. Huge moment. Oh, yeah. Want to make uh, the SmackDowns after Mania just as big as the Raws? Because why wouldn't you? Just to add icing on the cake, what if like Biggie and Kofi come out, yell out like Xavier? We thought you were a boy. We want an explanation. Xavier comes out, and during that, Kofi just SOSs uh, or Trouble from Paradise is Biggie, and both of them turn on him. <laughs> 
it gets Biggie more sympathy. Yeah. It put uh, because yeah, the problem is if Xavier goes heel by himself. I think it'd be good for that storyline, but after that, he might get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, but if he's got Kofi, then you could have heel tag yeah. team. You've got like a heel tag team thing. You you know, with Biggie's brute strength and his size, there's people going, all right, yes, it is two on one, but Biggie could do it if, if, in a two on situation. And yeah, it just gets Biggie the sympathy vote and gets Kofi and Xavier a uh, like a character mix up. And a, a bit more heel heat because I don't think Kofi's ever been heel. Um, you have the New Day thing where they were just getting booed because yeah, it was at the start. And I, I would say that yeah, the first few months of New Day that they weren't specifically a heel, but we all treated them as such because we they, didn't. They just annoyed us. Yeah, uh, but uh, it was after a while that, that, to be honest, for a, a couple of months they did use a few heel tactics. Yeah, they did. They they tried the heel stuff, but they kind of kept the characters the same of. It was the overconfidence that was pissing everyone off. And then, you know, as you kind of got into the rhythm of it, it's like, actually, these guys are kind of fun. But Kofi was never full-on heel. Yeah. And, yeah, I've said it a couple of times, like, with certain wrestlers, like Johnny Gargano, for example, like, I don't know if he can ever be heel. Or when Brian was, like, uh, face in 2014, like, he can never be heel again now. And yet they do it and they nail it. Yeah. So Kofi could do it. Yeah, I think um, he could. He's got. He, I think he could do it, especially when he's got Xavier to buffer him as well. Yeah, yeah. But it's good. I am enjoying Roman's uh, early run as a heel and the new champion. I'm just wondering if a big part of it is obviously Heyman and the story we're going with at the minute that he's going to be going against his own cousin at Clash of Champions. Yeah, but yeah, we, that, we know what this consists of, though. We know for a fact that he's going against Jay, uh, Jay just to literally annihilate him, and that's exactly what should happen. I don't even think that Jay should really get any offence in. I think Reigns should just spear him out of his boots countlessly and then just pin him. See, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I kind of want Jay to... Make it. I want Roman to kind of put Jay a little bit over of like suspend your disbelief that Jay could do this. I kind of have that whole thing of like their blood, their family. Jay knows, you know, Roman better than anyone else. He knows his playbook, the way he thinks. To the point where just at the last second, when it's like Jay might do it, Roman just like rages up, spear, Superman punch, ends the match, but yet still puts the beat down on Jay. To definitively put Roman as that heel. Yeah, champ. yeah, you could do that. That's a good point. Because the way SmackDown's been going, they're chummy and they're doing tag partner things. But as soon as Jay's back's turned, yeah, I love, I love that segment. Like as soon as he walked up the ramp and he was looking all angry, I was like, oh, this is brilliant writing. This is in fair play WWE. You are getting me invested in this dude. Yeah, it's the Roman we got at the minute is like, I don't care if you're blood or not. This is my championship, my yard. So to speak, and, and no one's taking this from me. Yeah, yeah, would be damned. So yeah, so uh, to answer your question, yeah, Bray, Keith Lee, or Biggie. Cool. I, think. Yeah, I take it yours was similar. But uh, well, yeah, Biggie was like yeah, the kind of one I was looking at. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my last one. Yes. Yeah, kind of a a personal, not personal, but yeah, relates to you and me kind of thing. Um. It's kind of, I think we've mentioned in a previous podcast and stuff that 
the one of the reasons you got back into it is when I was showing you the infamous CM Punk pipe bomb in 2011. Yeah. Um, but, but you used to watch it when you were a kid. Um, what, uh, when you were a kid, what first, what was the first thing that drew you to it? Of like, what is this? Because this is awesome. And if it wasn't for Punk's pipe bomb, uh, what do you think would have drew you into it? Well, the first part of the question, the thing that drew me into it is from what I can remember, because it was, you know, I was quite young. Um, I think it was, it was one night. I think my stepdad was was watching it one late night, and it was kind of one of those taboo things that I wasn't necessarily meant to be watching because it's attitude era times, and I was, yeah. you know, that kind yeah, of stuff. Not meant to and going to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like we weren't meant to be watching Bottom at young ages, but we fucking were. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I think my first earliest memory of stuff was was The Rock. I think seeing him perform was what made me go, holy shit. I was like, this is yeah. awesome. And then I saw Austin and I think Degeneration X a couple of times as well. And that just kind of pushed me. I was like, what the hell is this? Just seeing them perform and then watching it more and more and getting invested and absolutely loving it as a kid. So as far as I remember, that's what kind of got me initially into it was seeing The Rock on the screen for the first time. Um, yeah. As far as getting back into it, yeah, the punk thing got me in. I generally don't know what could have got me back into wrestling at that point because I was, I was one of those guys that once I found out that it was it was scripted and everything, it was obviously fake. Certain parts of it were fake and whatnot. It really disheartened me. Like it really kind of gave me a gut punch. Yeah. And because I stopped watching it, I was in that kind of mind space. I think even when you said to me, oh, "I still watch wrestling," even I kind of scoffed at it. Kind of going, what? It's like, grow up, you know what I mean? And, well, yeah. and, and I think that a lot of people do that. Yeah, and it's just like, people do that. And it's just like, you know, at this point, I'm on the other side of the fence going, well, give it a fucking chance. Um, yeah. But I can honestly say, I don't know what would get me invested in it again around that point, other than CM Punk, because of how much he blurred the lines between real and fake. So that was my perfect entry point for getting back yeah. into wrestling. He just, he went and did this thing that no one else had done. It was getting quite stale up to that point anyway from what I've seen in the history books and whatnot. It was at that point where he was going, God, this is getting boring. You know what I mean? And Punk did this. And you know what I mean? If he hadn't have done that, I can't say that there was anything that would have got me into it. Cena certainly, you know, would not have got me into it no. because I, did, no. I, look, I took one look at him and go, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. Punk was the guy, and it's just by pure luck that he was doing what he was doing when he did it that got another fan invested. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to say that that whole I think he even brought it to the table to him. Like, yeah, I get you know it's scripted, you're not really into it anymore, but check this out because this to my yeah, even I think if I said it to my knowledge at the time, I don't think it's scripted. And years on, I'm ninety nine percent sure. Most of it wasn't scripted. Um, of like, this guy just went off the script because he's pissed off at the way things are. And I show you the pipe bomb, and I say the rest is history. Um, I, if I was a betting man, if the punk thing never happened, but you know, you know we, we would have still hung around and I still would have been watching wrestling. So if I was a betting man, I think if I'd said, look, The Rock's back for one more match, I, I, yeah, because that I think the following year was WrestleMania 28. Yes. Yeah, I think that might to see The Rock beat Cena for some. You know, what I mean, I think yeah, potentially. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That could potentially have gotten me involved again. 
Yeah, because not only, you know, for example's sake, it would have been like, well, yeah, Rock's back, has got one more match. You're more than welcome to come around and see the show. The show would have been what it was. Uh, but the same show had the end of an era match, the Hell in the Cell. Yeah. And I think seeing that was all with not just, you know, characters you know, like Taker, Triple H, Sean, and the fact the streak was still intact. I think that might have been the turning point. About, actually, this could be... But yeah, because WrestleMania 28 was actually a pretty decent WrestleMania. So going not. in just seeing Rock and Cena, but then seeing all this other stuff leading up to it, yeah, I think it could have comfortably got me back into things. Yeah, and also the way WWE's evolved of like, Mania was always a spectacle anyway, but as technology evolves and money for pyro rises and they've moved it to stadiums, it's like, well, this is even a, a bigger spectacle than I remember. You know, it, that's the whole point of Mania, the spectacle. So how old would you have said you were when you uh, got into it as a kid? I can imagine, I think I was probably about 10, 11, I guess. Yeah. Would have been like 99, middle of attitude era. Yeah, I, th- I think it was just around that time. Yeah, because if I, if I remember, the way I got into it... Uh, <laughs> We, I think, me and my brother were uh, uh, had a PlayStation bought for us, PS One, all the way back in the day at PlayStation Retro. Yeah, and it came with four games, which I can remember all four of them now. A game called Heart of Darkness, football game, uh, V Rally, and WF Warzone. And I had no idea what WF Warzone was, but we played it, and we're like, oh, all right, it's it's a fighting game. We're in a what to us at the time was like, no, we're, we're fighting in a boxing ring, but we're not boxing. Okay, whatever. And these characters seem quite flamboyant and, and whatnot, but that was that. And I just remember flicking through the channels one day. I was like, hey, that's the guy off the cover of my game, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I think I sat there and watched the entire episode. I was like, this dude's cool. <laughs> yeah. I could see yeah, you know, I can see why he's on the cover of this game, and I can see why people levitate towards him because he's got that "I take no shit" attitude, uh, and I'll, I'll whip your ass if you've got a problem with me. So yeah, and then obviously, as you like you said, as you watch it, all these different characters and storylines get thrown at you. You like, yeah, you know, as as a as a kid, your little brain's like, there's so much to compute. So compute, it's like. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to stick around to find out yeah. because this is awful. So, so yeah, and I think you know, similar boat to you. Once I found out it was scripted, it kind of dissipated for a while, and then I found out Dark Side Undertaker was returning in 2004. I was like, and the way they built that up with you know hearing that Kane had unmasked, then buried buried Undertaker, and now. Dead Man Undertaker is going to come back from the grave to kick his ass. Like, I don't care if this is scripted or not. This sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and and that was it. You know, I remember watching that Mania, and then there was old characters, new characters that seen back even back then. The product was so much better. Yeah, definitely. So was. Much better. But yeah, and then from then on, it was like, right, okay, I'm back into this. I'll watch it as a fan again. And then as you get older, you become more in tune with the business. Yeah, the political side of, side of things, the storylines, what's right, what's wrong, that kind of stuff. You do the kind of more adult side of things, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I don't get me wrong. I love to watch it for what it is still, of a good wrestling match, 
invested in the story, invested in the characters. But the stuff that goes on behind the scenes is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Just, of, yeah, not just the fact, in any other business, it's kind of like, uh, we had to get rid of this guy because his contract ran out and he wanted to go to another football team. Yeah, it's boring. Fire, yeah, that kind of stuff. This, it's kind of like, well, we didn't do this for him because I've got a personal bridge with him. Or he said that to her. Or it, it's so soap opera behind the scenes. Yeah, it really it, is. It really is. It's just a soap opera behind the curtain and it is in, in the ring sometimes. And that fascinates me. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, that, that's I do. I do remember a side note as well that when you got me back into wrestling with Punk, there was a side note. I remember seeing Sheamus for the first time, and I yeah. remember full on laughing my ass off in your flat, going, "Who the hell is this guy?" It looks because yeah. if you look at him compared to the last time I watched wrestling, which was Attitude Era kind of time, he's he looks stupid compared to those kind of characters. I was like. What are they doing with this big pasty white ginger bastard with pointy hair? It looks ridiculous. But now I'm just like, yeah, I quite like Seamus. But at the time, I was like, that, that's ridiculous. But the thing is, then a few years later, he comes back with the mohawk thing. Yeah. I thought he looked really God. cool. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, do you think that's bad? Without giving too many spoilers away, um, they've given... Three or four names to the guys in Retribution. I've now. seen, uh, yeah, I've seen some uh, masks, and they all look like Bane. He looks stupid. Oh, you, you wait for the fucking names. I'm, I'm just thinking, really? Are we really going back to 1981? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! Right, okay, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay, your final one. Yes. Yeah, so my final question um, is that final question of the podcast as well. Yeah, that was my final. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's last one of the podcast. Um. With more and more wrestlers uh, being dropped or denied a push, that kind of stuff, you know, that kind of hashtag three-week push, that kind of stuff, who do you honestly think is next to leave the company, given given the climate that clearly Vince either doesn't care about people or he think, he think he does and then suddenly they're gone and blah, 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 and just all that kind of bullshit. But who do you honestly think, yeah. seeing on the roster at the moment, not getting what they deserve... Who do you think's going next? Um, what, like, like just leaving wrestling together or jumping ship? So it, to speak? E- either, really. Like, if they just leave wrestling or if they move to a different company, who do you generally think's going to WWE? I'm done. See you later. Um, I think maybe not because of what's been going on. Maybe partially with what the WWE have been doing, but I just think because of where they are in their career. I think it won't be long before Mickey James just goes, you know, I'm done retiring kind of thing. Um, and as I, I hate to say this, I, I really do, because I don't want to see them go. But because they're a pair behind the scenes, I think Sammy and Kevin just go, we're out, we're done, fuck this. Because there's so much, they've done so much wrong with Kevin that I cannot see how he cannot get frustrated. Sammy is very vocal about his frustrations. And I just think they'll just look at each other and go, look, we're better than this. I think AEW will take them up in a snap. 100%. They, they, could, they could give us the best storyline with those two that we, we've ever had, easily. Yeah. Could, well, just for example, say, imagine that, I don't know, a couple of pages down the line, AEW-wise, um, the books have won their tag team, and Sammy and Kevin, well, hopefully with a crowd at this point, jump out the crowd and attack the book. You're like, holy shit. Like, 
the thought of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Young Bucks. Oh man, that's that's amazing. I tell you what, though, if if what you said happens, and if those two jump ship and go to AEW, I think that's something to um, to give me enough to jump ship to AEW myself. Yeah, as in I mean, to stop watching rest WWE and stick with AEW. I'll still probably watch NXT because we all enjoy NXT. But I think if yeah. those two were to move over there, I think that's that's the straw that would break the camel's back for me and make me go, fuck it, I'm watching AEW instead. Yeah, there's a few that... I, I, I don't know if they just still love the WWE and, and, and disagree with uh, a lot of the fans' negative points or whatever, but there's a lot there that will go down with the ship. Uh, Charlotte won't ever go... Uh, Seth won't ever go. Reigns. Um, I don't think the Miz will ever go. No. I think he's a WWE guy through and through. Because, well, Miz, it's a, it'll be a loyalty thing because they made him who he is. Yeah. And um, and there's a few people that have said, look, uh, recently John Morrison said, look, this is my last run. And they always intended it to be with WWE. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a few there that would just never leave. Um, See, but, for me, the two that I was thinking of in recent memories that... Um, I I think it's not going to be too much longer before Lana bails because obviously yeah, her husband's exactly. in AEW and ever since he's debuted in AEW they've been punishing her by having her getting her ass kicked by Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax and losing matches hit left, right and centre. So because yeah. Vince is petty and pathetic, that's what he's been doing. So I think Lana's just eventually just going to go, you know what, my contract's running out soon, I'm done, see you later. Um, yeah. Which, you know, isn't a terrible loss because she's not that great of a wrestler anyway, but I just think she... I still like Lana and the fact that I think she could have done something a lot more fun than they what actually what they actually gave her. Um, and the other person um, I think that isn't too long for this world purely on how quick they've dropped him is Ricochet. Yeah, um, there was huge rumours going about that Ricochet's contract was nearly up. I don't see um, him not leaving because they've just dropped him. He's he is the best, one of the best wrestlers in their company right now, if not the best wrestler in their company right now, and they just can't be asked with him. No, there's uh, a few wrestlers. The thing is, this is again another example of how bizarre the wrestling world can be. There was a few times, uh, and there was a, I can't remember one of the names now, but someone else and Dustin Rhodes, when they were still under WWE contract, but I was like, no, I haven't signed a new contract for anybody. Um, I mean, it's still. Yeah, I'm going to sign with the WWE again or I'm retiring, that's it. And then they go and turn up on AEW two weeks later. You know, it, it, it's, quite, it's not trolling the fans, it's trying to not spoil the surprise. Yeah, exactly, which, is, which is the right thing to do because like, there was rumours about Moxley going to AEW, but we had no confirmation. He never said that he was going. And then for him to arrive, it was awesome. Yeah, it's like... Uh, wrestling fans... I don't think many wrestling fans go out there and go, you fucking liar, how dare you? It's like... No, we forgive him because we like the surprise. Yeah, you'd be like, fair enough, you got us. Yeah. So recently, Ricochet's gone on record like, no, I've got no intention. I know my contract's coming up, but I've got no intention of leaving yet. It's like, well, we'll see about that. Yeah. There's rumours Melina might be coming back. Yeah. Um, At first, she put up something on Twitter like, uh, way to spoil the surprise uh, because someone had leaked something. So it's like, I've got everyone talking. And then she put up a tweet saying, look, I'm sorry if I've got people's hopes up, but I haven't been reached out by WWE. I've 
I'd love to go back, but they haven't reached out to me, so sorry to disappoint. But it's like, again, are you fucking with us yeah. or what? So, yeah, I mean, like you say with Lana, um, well, when Maurice returned, and she wasn't the greatest wrestler uh, in the world either, but I was excited with the fact of, the, uh, of that dynamic of Miz and Maurice. Yes. And, and it added a lot more flavour to Miz's character. Mm-hmm. So if Rusev, now called Miro in AEW, if he's halfway through a story and then suddenly his wife jumps to the rail to help him win, it's that whole, the wow, they're together again yeah. on TV. So, yeah, um... I mean, I nearly said um, Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles, but Jeff's signed another long-term contract with him yeah. and gone on record saying, if I fuck up again, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. And with AJ, um, I think he's again another one who says, I want to end in WWE. Yeah, he said but... that he signed a five-year deal about a year and a half, maybe a year and three quarters ago, so he's got a bit of time left. But yeah, he hasn't. I've, we've heard nothing that he's going anywhere else. Yeah, it's it, it, the, the thing with someone like AJ, it's a it's you never know kind of basis. Yeah, because the, the books are going to record that their original plan for uh, the first AEW pay per view was to ha- end with the books and Omega and Cody in the ring. I don't know if in a match or just thanking the fans for the show, and then Gallows, Anderson, and AJ to come and attack them and the Bullet Club be in AEW. I was like, yeah, that would have been amazing, but they said they just couldn't get the uh, the right name on the dotted line. Uh, I think Gallows and Anderson were up for it, but AJ just said, no, I'm going to stick with WWE. So Gallows and Anderson chose, well, we'll go Impact then. Kind yeah. of thing. It was like it, it was a kind of a group deal. Yeah. So without one of them, uh, with yeah, without the one, it wasn't going to work, kind of thing. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, Unfortunately, it is kind of got that point of like, is not even. Oh, I wonder if anyone else will leave. It's who's going to be there. Yeah, so it's a case of if it's when. Yeah, so yeah, which is a shame, but it would be a shame if WWE were the only party in town still. But the fact that AEW are now that uh, alternative. Yeah, they're such. A, they're more legitimate than anything else has been. Yeah, yeah, I fell behind with the AEW again a little bit. I'll admit. But I'm st- I'm still always interested in what's going on there. Again, it's just the lack of fan interaction is kind of really beginning to to rub off on me now. Yeah. 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 So I think that's it. Yeah. Another podcast done. I mean, we've got what two weeks, and then we got Clash of Champions, haven't we? This week. Is it this Sunday? Yeah, it's this Sunday. Oh crap! Well, okay, next week then we'll be doing a podcast <laughs> for that. Bloody hell! It's all got constantly coming. Um, yeah. Yeah. So well, I guess we'll be back for. Cock in uh, a few weeks. Oh, was it? Cock Gold Rush. Gold, gold Rush, yeah. Again, it's another fucking tagline. I'm just like, what are you doing? Why yeah. do you need to do Why? this? Why? <laughs> oh, I guarantee Hell in the Cell's tagline is going to be Hell in the Cell, the Cell in Hell. <laughs> hell in the Cell, there's going to be fire. Yeah. Hell in the Cell, Cock. Cock. <laughs> 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 right, so yeah, we'll um, we'll see you for Clash of Champions or Cock if you prefer in, a f- in in just over a week. Yeah, bye. Bye.